0: Love Talk Radio. Well hello, I'm your host, Mr. Joy Lewis, and you're listening to Free On the Inside, an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, to challenge you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. I'd like to welcome you once again to our weekend uh edition of Free On the Inside. A calling number uh for this particular show is three one oh nine eight two forty one twenty six. You two could call in and voice your opinion, but this morning we're going to do a uh, archived portion of our show, which means we're going to cut it short, and because we have some other obligations today, but we're going to play some uh, past uh, in, uh, interviews with some uh, artists, and we pray that you enjoy that you uh, that you've been blessed by what you heard on this, this show. And I encourage you to uh, keep listening to the show, keep listening to uh, how God is continuing to use His people, and I encourage you. To be strong in the Lord and the power. It's my, you know, I was over to the jail the other day, and I just want to say hello to the men over at the Hutchinson State Jail. That's a facility here in Dallas, Texas. Because the broadcast is coming to you, to you from Dallas, Texas. And the young men was very encouraging. They encouraged me. We did our weekly Bible study over there, and we was talking about do not forget about the benefits of God. And I was just sharing with them out of Psalms 103. It said, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord with your whole heart, and do not forget about his benefits. And I got to thinking in our life, sometimes life is moving at such a fast pace. We forget about the goodness of God. You know, I shared that some time ago, the best of times and the worst of times. You know, well, we have everything, but yet we have nothing. We're able to do a lot, but yet we do nothing. And, you know, so we not have to forget about the benefits of our Lord and Savior. Uh, again, i like to uh, just make mention to uh, this broadcast is uh, brought to you each and every week by Beverly Beasley. And Beverly Beasley uh, is the uh, CEO of Granted Place Ministry. Granite Place Ministry is a non-profit ministry that meets the needs of our young men and women at risk. That Granted Place Ministry is associated with the Contrail High, which is a juvenile facility. Dallas, uh, uh, Dallas Life, which is a homeless shelter for men and women. In August, each August or 4th Saturday, in August, we go over to Dallas Life and we serve lunch. Granny Place Ministry and all the volunteers serve lunch over at Granny's Place Ministry. And so we'll give you more information. We normally do a show down there, too, so we're looking forward to doing another live broadcast from, uh, from uh, uh, Dallas Life. And we also go over to the Cottrell House, which is a juvenile center, and I share this with you as often as possible. Cause I'm very, I'm very honored and proud to be a part of those uh, facilities in which I make mention of. And at the Cottrell House, we have a vegetable garden over there, and the garden is going well. I go uh, over there, I pick some of the vegetables out of the uh, uh, out of the garden, and let the young man know that they're doing well, and we're getting ready to harvest some vegetables, and they're going to use them in their kitchen. And we pray that they see the benefit of, uh, of what they are doing. And so we're looking forward to those young men of being all they could be in Christ Jesus. But I'd like to just uh, play a, a portion of our show that's coming up here now. Uh, and so I pray that you have been encouraged by what it. This is a show that we've done some time ago. We pray that you're being blessed by it. And so, uh, again, that call in number is 310-9-8-2-4-1-26. And this is uh, dealing uh, with Mr. Hodge. He's an auto mechanic. He was talking about his school. And I also Mr. Scott. So they are direct over at the school, and so they're going to be talking to you about some things that's going on over at their school and, and encourage young men. And Mr. Hodge is still doing his vocational training and teaching ex-offenders about uh by, uh, developing a career in auto mechanics And you know that's something that we all need Is a good mechanic So we pray that you enjoy what you're listening to That you're able to uh, 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 To be involved in that Give him a, a call They'll leave a number for us. The number's still active So I encourage you to call that number If you know any uh, man or woman That's an ex-offender That's looking for a vocational training opportunity Please pass this on Again, you're listening to free on the inside of your host, Minister Joy Lewis. Before we go into our show, we're going to have a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We thank you for your grace, your word. We thank you for this opportunity, dear Lord to uh, share their goodness with our listening audience. Dear Lord, let us not forget about your benefits, dear Lord. Let us re- be mindful, dear Lord, that you started this and you're going to finish. Let us be mindful, dear Lord, that you, you, you would never put no more us than we can bear. Let us be mindful, dear Lord, that you always make a way of escape, not just any way, but a way that's pleasing and honorable to God, and that's in the name of Jesus. Can no man or woman be saved in the name of Jesus? Let us look into your benefits, dear Lord. Let us look into your precepts, dear Lord, to see uh, uh what you want us to do in life, dear Lord. Precious Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We ask you to bless all our listening audience, dear Lord. Let them be blessed by being a listen to this program, dear Lord. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the next part you're here will be part of our uh, Be an archive show coming up here. And kick back and enjoy. God bless you. To help change a life, you know we can't do anything apart from God, and that's why we bring men and women on here. How God is using it in a very particular way, and this morning, without any further delay, I'd like to bring in our guest this morning, Miss Caitlin Scott. She's going to introduce herself and tell us about uh, what how God is using her mightily. Good morning, Miss Scott. You're on the net. Good
1: morning. Good morning.
0: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Covered right Old here, and being a part of our uh, of our guest format here, and please introduce yourself and tell us about the ministry in which God has put to your hands to do. Uh,
1: well, I write uh, fiction books for young adults and adults. Um, they range from all sorts of different topics, like uh, the paranormal, supernatural, to actual um, relevant real life issues. Uh, my current book is called For Danny, and it involves uh, domestic violence, drug addiction, and hate towards the gay community. It was something that I had started um, just about ten years ago, and it was whenever the whole Matthew Shepard and Tina Brandon and Barry Winchell incidents had come out um, and made uh, they made movies out of them because they were so um, strange. So. Uh, and, and the things that had happened to them and I had gotten to think about you know, how that would feel to lose someone that you love so much because whenever these um, hateful crimes are committed it's not just the person um, that the crime is committed against that it, it kills and that it hurts But all of the people that actually love them and that's what nobody thinks about everyone is so full of hate nowadays for absolutely no reason over issues and things that the other people have no control over, and issues that don't even really affect their life at all um, the color of someone's skin does not affect any other person or their life. who someone takes home at night does not affect them or any other person in their personal life, so it just it is really curious to me how people can go to such extremes and kill someone that they don't even know, particularly for something that they can't
2: change. Yes, so that is so that, true.
1: Um, You know, whenever you hear about it in the news, you don't hear much. You might hear some graphic gory details, maybe a couple of names, and maybe, you know, if they found the person, what happened to them. You know, they went to jail, or they're getting the electric chair, which will never happen, and a hate crime for a gay person. But, you know, uh, you don't ever, you know, go back. They, then the next, they just, You know, a couple minutes they skip over and they go to the next door. You don't hear anything else about the people that do love them. And that was what really I was curious about, you know, how that would feel. Because I have a few gay members in my family and I also had a best friend in high school and I wouldn't want to lose them at all for any reason, but especially not that one. So I was just thinking and thinking and thinking about it. I couldn't get it out of my head. And all of a sudden it just, you know, came to me. This, as crazy as it sounds, this little voice came to me, and she called herself Moira, and she told me her entire story about her and Danny and her boyfriend and her other best friend, Josh, and it just was something that I had to write down because people needed to hear this. They needed to know who Danny was so that way they can understand that it is an actual person that they're taking away. They need to understand their actions, how it's going to affect their life after what they do, how it's going to affect the people that love the person that they took away, how it's going to affect so many other people. It's not just, you know, one act that they commit and then it's over with and, you know, nobody really cares because there are actual consequences. Even if the punishment doesn't fit the crime, there are consequences to their actions. And... No one should have to lose their life over something so petty and trivial.
0: Yes, yes. And as you were sharing with me, I, I was just thinking about that you have experienced firsthand the the negative response of people who uh, living an alternative lifestyle. So you know from experience, I'm assuming, that, you know, because it allows you to be able to write this book, mm-hmm. to be able to reach out to people and let them know that it is a, the way that you perceive it to be.
1: hmm absolutely, and it's, you know, even in Texas still, you know, it, most people think that, oh, well, you know, it's really, it's not an issue anymore, but it is in a lot of places, especially down in the South. There are, you know, young men who are still killing themselves, and that was another issue. We decided to um, try to bring the book into play format because there's only so many people that, We'll read a book and we need to get the word out there, you know, about Danny's story um, as far as and as wide as we can because there was last year there was an 11, no, a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old boy who had killed themselves because they were being bullied for being gay and they didn't have any way to express or have anyone to talk to about what was going on inside of them. And when a 12-year-old boy hangs himself, that's, that's a problem.
0: Yes, that is that is now, as you was writing this book here uh what uh what type of uh research or, or firsthand first hand experience that you have as you put this here together for Danny? I like the title of that there because we'll you know we'll point our our soul and our essence out to someone that that uh that they may not even appear like they would have made a difference in someone's life. But if they read Mm -hmm. this book, you can see that Danny made a difference.
1: Oh, absolutely. And he he didn't even know how much of a difference he made. At at one point, he saved more of his life um, after a a domestic violence incident. So, you know, he, he was really a part of her. And it was something that it's a relationship that is so much greater than friendship, it's greater than family. It's an absolute, you know, you need me, I am there no matter what, and she had the very same devotion to him as he had to her, and what crushes her is at the end she can't save him. She was not there. She, um, He ends up going missing, and her and her friends and her boyfriend, they go looking for him, but when they find him, it's too late. She can't save him, and it's just something that is actually so, like, gut-wrenching for her. She can't get past it. And the entire book is set here in uh, North Texas. Um, it's the same, you know, cities that I've lived in and uh, cities that I, you know, travel to daily and my high school and the mall that my mother used to work in. It's just so totally centered here for North Texas. Um, as far as, you, you know, real life
0: uh uh-huh. you, you know, as he was saying, it makes it so real. There's something that people can mm-hmm. actually relate to.
1: Yeah, and that's some of the comments that I've gotten whenever, um, after some people have read it, you know, they were like, I, I could see it. I was there. And that's something that is a little bit more difficult for things that are you know, outside of your zone because you can picture it in your head and you can kind of see what you think it would be like, but it's not always the way that you would envision it. But I tried to uh, keep it as as close as I possibly could. There's some things, because it did take a while to write the book, there's some things that have been remodeled in that time. There's some things that are going to be remodeled in that time. There's um, a restaurant on 820. It's no longer there. In just the last year, year and a half, they had taken it out. And I was like, man, because I had already published the book at that time. But for people that have lived here, they'll know, oh, yeah, that was there. It's not there no more, but it used yeah. to be. Due to the expansion okay. of the highways that they're finally doing, it's no longer there.
0: Oh, that's great. Now tell me now, Miss Scott, what is the earliest age that you saw that you, had, that you enjoyed writing or putting your thoughts on paper?
1: I have always enjoyed writing the, since the time I was able to write. I've still got stories that I wrote whenever I was five that uh, I had to uh, have a teacher help me. Um, with spelling words, of course, but I have all sorts of stories that I used to do.
0: Oh, that's great. Rena, I ask because as this show goes on, we know we dedicate each one of our programs to our young men and women that wants to be successful in life and have goals and and dreams, and sometimes they say, well, I would like to do these things, but I don't have enough in me. If you were speaking to a young person, male or female, and they wanted to be able to put their thoughts on paper, what words of encouragement would you be able to give, you know, based on your experience?
1: Well, there was actually something um, from Kevin Hart that I had read, and he was talking about, you know, being rich and famous, but even just to, you know, do something, that you enjoy, being recognized for something that you enjoy, most people want it, but they don't want to put in the work for it. And that's the thing. It all depends on where you want to go with it. If it's something that just is calming for you and it's uh, therapeutic for you, then you're going to find joy in it every single day. Just write. There's no reason not to write. And even if you want other people to read your word, again, there's nothing wrong with it and there's no reason not to. There's every reason in the world to go ahead and get your stories out because if you're like me, they don't stop. <laughs> my head is constantly going, and I've got seven more stories in my head right now that are just talking to me, and I don't have time to write them down right this second. And it's just absolutely all day. That's all I think about, so I can't move forward until I get it out. Other people may not be as um, engulfed with their writing as I am, but there's no reason not to, whether it be for fun or therapeutic reasons or if it really is something that you feel other people need to hear and you want them to hear it, then, you know, write it down. edit it. I've edited for Danny probably 100,000 times. Yeah. And every single time I find something else, there's a period out of, out of place or a word missing or spelled wrong. And I'm like, really, again? But you just go through it. And I know Danny, you know, I would have known him like the back of my hand anyways, because he's with me, he's a part of me. But having to edit it so many times, I, I, could, I know where every single place of my story is, and that's a good thing. And even if you're not famous for it, because, you know, writing is one of the really hard ones to be famous for, just because, uh, you know, a lot of people, they don't, they're into video games now or movies, something that's more visually stimulating. Um, But there's all sorts of ways. There's this book called The Writer's Market, and that has all sorts of editors and publishers and um, agents, uh, all sorts of lists, magazines, anything that you can think of, it's in there. Um, Anything that you would possibly need, uh, tips and hints and examples, they're all in there for someone who wants to publish their book. It is really hard to get published nowadays. Um, They're, you know, a lot of times looking for something specific, especially when you're in the vampire age. They're looking for more of the vampire books.
0: Yeah, I understand that.
1: (laughs) So uh, it's, you know, maybe hard to do it that way, but... There's also other avenues that you can self-publish. And the one that I really like is um, Amazon, because you can self-publish it. It doesn't cost you anything, and it shouldn't. If you're trying to publish your book, it should not cost you anything to do it. You can put it in a Kindle format, which is very popular, because most people are phasing out books now. I still absolutely love the feel of books. I get the Kindle. is very amazing. And I can put 25,000 books on it, and I can take it anywhere. I can go on vacation, and I can take my entire library. It's a really awesome concept, but there's also just something about the feel of a book that I just, I love the smell, and I love the feel of it, and it's just, you know, the cover for me is visual. I like the covers of books a lot. Oh, and, that's great. Uh, you know, but, you
0: know uh, as you were sharing that, that what draws your attention to some books is the cover of them. And things like mm-hmm. that. Nature. So, hey, this is a great conversation. We're going to pause here for a minute for a, a uh, station break. And then also, we would like to come back and I'd like for you to share a piece of your writing with us if you have a desire to. Okay. Great. So we're going to uh, uh, pause right here for a second.
1: Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside. My Papa, Diggy Joe Lewis.
0: Well, we hope that you're enjoying this conversation this morning with Miss Caitlin Scott here, the author of a book called uh, For Danny. And I'm uh, very excited about this interview, and very excited about what God is doing with her and how she's able to use her God-given talents to uh, to shape the uh, the minds of the of the readers and the list, uh, and, and of her uh, audience. And we w- we would like for you to call in if you have a desire to. That number would be three one zero nine eight two. Forty-one twenty-six. Again, as we go on with our conversation with Miss Scott here, she's going to share a portion of, of her book with us, and we're just going to sit back and relax and enjoy this. Miss Scott, you on the net?
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just share a piece of um, for Danny. It's um, going to be a, is a year after the incident that had happened to him, so it's the anniversary, and every anniversary, Moira and Josh. Josh was his boyfriend. Uh, They go out and they uh, just kind of visit his tomb. He uh, came from New Orleans. He had transferred after his father had died. And so they ended up taking him back to his hometown. So they have to kind of travel uh, about 10, 12 hours to get there. Uh, But I wanted to go ahead and share a piece of this because if there is any book of mine that people pick up, this is the one that I really wish that they would pick up for, you know, people who may end up being a victim, I want them to know that it's okay to be who you are. They, you know, find a support group of some kind and beat you because God made you and you're beautiful, no matter no matter. for someone who may have caused a hate crime I really wish that they would read it and find out who Danny is and see that, you know, there's a Danny all around you and that's okay because God made them and they're beautiful. So this is a year, this is his his first anniversary. The rain beat against the sepulchers of the Lafayette Cemetery located in the Garden District of New Orleans as a lightning pulsed through the night sky. Mora had been standing there for an hour looking at the tomb in front of her. In loving memory, Daniel Lee Taylor. A year ago, he had been brought back to his hometown to be buried in the family tomb. Mora had never been the same again. Suddenly, the rain started to pour down in large drops slanting in from the east. The black hooded sweater she wore was nearly soaked through. Water fell from her face in tear-like streams, but she wasn't crying. She couldn't. Moira had cried her last tear a long time ago. She just felt numb now. She could have stood in the cemetery in only a t-shirt and jeans and never have felt the chilling rain touch her skin. There were no thoughts drifting through her skull as she concentrated on the words inscribed on the stone with her arms wrapped around her torso. She felt a gentle tug on the sleeve of her sweater. Hey, I think we should go. It's starting to get a little cold and it's raining really hard now. A broken voice announced in a whisper. His name was Josh. The only person in the world who could have loved Danny more than Moira may have been Josh. Moira. Yeah, she responded absentmindedly. It's freezing out here. Just a few more minutes, please. She asked as she too shivered from a cold chill. Okay, so A few more minutes. Josh rested his arm around Moira's shoulder and patiently waited. I miss him, she finally said breaking a short silence and then turned to go with only a few words left hanging in the air. As they left, Josh turned around for one last glance at the only marker that proved Danny had ever existed. Me too. Moira. Moira! A small voice whispered into her ear. She looked up to see who it was, but everyone in the room had their hands down, heads down while they had took their exam. Moira! The voice came again a moment later. She knew that voice well. She had heard it every night for the last year. Slowly she turned around, afraid of what she might find, and saw him standing in the back corner. His soft and thin facial features, his slender body, his long, thin fingers and athletic legs, his thick, wavy hair surrounding his face were like golden rays of the sun, and he had dark blue eyes the color of the ocean waters. He was absolutely picture perfect. Her breath caught in her throat as she stood from her desk. Slowly as not to disturb anyone, Moira walked towards the back of the room to stand in front of him. Lightly she brushed the back of her silky hand against his soft cheek. His mouth curled up into a half smile as she leaned in as he leaned into her touch. She loved that crooked smile. Danny The sound of her voice made his head bow with a blush in his cheeks. Moira, he whispered back. When he looked up at her up at her, his eyes changed abruptly from adoration to fear. Moira's brows furrowed as she tried to understand. "'Why do they hate me?' he asked. "'Who hates you?' "'Why are you shaking, Danny? Tell me what's wrong.' "'Them. All of them.' Moira followed Danny's gaze as it swept the room, but there was no one there. All of the desks were empty. All of the hallways were abandoned. Only Danny and Moira stood there now in the empty school building. "'No one hates you,' she replied as she edged a little closer." She whispered so that only he could hear her, even though they were all alone now. Sometimes people fear what they don't understand. Do you fear me? I adore you. Don't you ever forget that. No one will ever love you as much as I do. She took his face in her hands, stood on her tiptoes, and kissed his forehead. When Moira opened her eyes, she had to take a step back. What had haunted her dreams for the past year was again staring her in the face. She knew what was next and was numb to it. Danny's hair was now stained with blood flowing from the hole on the right side of his head. His nose had been shoved into the back of his skull, disfiguring his beautiful face. His mouth was crudely sewn shut with blue thread to keep his screams from being heard, and his throat was twice the size around, as it should have been, taking on the appearance of a snake after it had just had lunch. Danny's left shoulder was popped out of its socket while his wrists and ankles were bound behind his back with fishing wire. It had been pulled so tightly that it started to cut through his skin. Three of his ribs had been broken as well. The last of the carnage was a bloody stain on Danny's shirt. It took a minute for Moira's eyes to focus because the tears in her shirt beneath the blood distorted the markings. After a moment of squinting, she saw the word fag carved into his chest with shallow gashes. Moira sat up in her mot- motel bed panting wildly while she waited for her nerves to settle and her heart to stop racing. You okay? Josh asked as he sat next to her. Huh? Yeah, I'll be fine. She was so used to the nightmare, it almost didn't phase her anymore. In the beginning, it had been terrifying. Moira would wake up screaming every night, the vision of Danny brutally misshapen, never leaving her mind. Josh knew nothing about any of this, so now as she woke with a start panting, he was unsure of what to do. What's wrong? Nothing. You can't breathe, and you're waking in your sleep. You're sweating in your sleep. I'd say that's not nothing. It's just Danny. It What's Danny? Frustrated, Moira ran her hand through her hair. I saw Danny. Josh got a little quiet for a minute. What? Moira asked. It must be nice to be able to see him. I don't. Josh was sad as he spoke his admission. More than anything, he wanted to see Danny again. There was a hint of jealousy with his words. Not like this. What do you mean? You wouldn't want to see him like this. Like what? Josh asked, again, not fully understanding what it was she was trying not to say. Like how he was perfect and beautiful, but the, I mean, everything shifts, but nothing shifts.
0: Hey, man, hey, that was great. That was great. I was so intrigued by the writer. Again, we have on the line this morning here, uh, Miss Scott, the author for Danny, here. She was sharing a piece of her writing this morning here. And Miss Scott, we have a caller on the line here, but our interview is about to uh, end here. We're gonna bring the caller in just to see if they want to say hello to you. Okay. Good morning. You on the net? Hey, how you, you doing good. today, Dean Lewis? I'm doing great. We have our we have an author on the line, uh, Miss Scott. She's sharing part of her book with us uh, for Danny. And uh, she was mm-hmm. just reading some of it, and it's, it's very interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. But uh, her portion of the interview is about oh Would you please just say hello to her, and then we're going to bring her back on, and we'll come back to you.
2: Hey, how are you doing today? Hi. It's nice to hear. It's nice to hear real and really intelligent and talented people talk.
1: Thank you. Well,
0: God bless yeah, you. Just hold on that. Uh, 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 we'll go right ahead, Mister Now. I'm sorry. You know, I
2: always wanted to be a writer. You know, and I know it takes a lot of skill and other. You know, to get those characters and stuff together. You know, I don't remember about this guy named Rod Sterling. They say he wrote the Twilight Zone. You know, he would do all those characters in his mind and go walk around talking in department stores and people thought he was crazy because he was living out those characters in <laughs> real life. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: But that is a little bit what it's like, especially, I guess, for me. I don't know if it's like that for everyone, but they absolutely are a part of me, and they live in my head, and they, I can't finish a story until they finish telling me what happened because it's not yep. me. It's not my life. It's their life.
0: Oh, That's great. Miss Scott, will you please tell us where we've been able to pick up your book and any of your writing here, especially the one before Danny and any other books that you have published? How will we go about picking those up?
1: Uh, yeah, you just go to uh, Amazon.com and type in, for your search, you're going to type in Caitlin. that's K-A-I-T-L-I-N, and the last name is Scott, that's my full name, and it'll pull up um, the two books that I currently have published here, In I'm hoping for 30 days, but possibly 60, I will have my next book out, and that's going to be a part of a three-book series. Um, They can also email me. That's Kate K A I T dot Scott at Yahoo dot com. I'm going to get a uh, website together so that way I can display all of my books, Um, as well as they can just call me and I, you know, can order a book for them and they can get it that way if they don't want to do Amazon. But Amazon features the Kindle version as well as the book version.
0: All right. Well, great. God bless you. We thank you very, very much. This has been a great interview. And thank you for, for having me and, and, and we are looking forward to hearing great things from you and we're looking forward to seeing more of your writings and hearing more about you and again uh, you said that you're looking forward to having this particular book uh, uh, presented as a play hello Miss Scott hello I guess we lost Miss Scott there for a second well, Ms. Scott, thank you very much. You've been a great guest, and God bless you, and uh, looking forward to talking with you at a later date. Uh, and as we get ready to bring in our next guest here, we have Brother Daniels here on the line here. We're going to say hello to him. Brother Daniels. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing real good. We have another guest that's going to come up here in a few minutes here, but I just wanted to just say hello to you and see what's going on with you this morning. Well,
2: you know, I'm, I'm 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 I'm
0: I'm still. Alive. <laughs> and that's how it really counts, you know. God is blessed to be alive another day and live this wonderful country with him and in. Here. Yes, you're so right, you know. Uh, and that is so great. That is so great. God is good. Now, uh, as our guest was on the line this morning, that was a very talented young lady. She has several books that she's not already been wrote, and she have another one there that's dealing with hate crime. I'm talking about for Danny. And as she was reading some of that, it was so realistic that I said, "Wow, this lady's very gifted. She described things just as they are. It's like I was looking at it. I was standing right there with those young peoples there over the grave of Danny. I stood there and I looked. And you know that, and Rick, and, and I'm sharing that because our young people are very gifted and talented, man. And I am amazed at the gifting that they have.
2: Yeah." Some gifts, you know, come from God, and the gifts should be uh, refined. Sometimes, you know, and most of them being writers, most times they, they don't really hit it with the first book. Most of the time it takes three year or four the, you know, novels they write, and some of them come up overnight, you know. Yeah. But it's it just like anything else. It's just trial and, trial and uh, error. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you go out and you write something, maybe not being accepted by uh most of the writers, they have to publishers. Yeah, they 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 turn this stuff over to publishers, and sometimes they get rejected. Sometimes it just lay on the shelf for years before people finally uh, uh, pick pick these books up. I, I tell you what, now I need to
0: call up our other guests, and want you hold on to this. Like I want you to listen to our next guest. This is a Mr. Terry Hall. He do an automotive training class for ex-offenders and people of low income and he help in the community. And it may give you some information where you may be able to refer people over there to him. And also he do call, he repair calls at a discount for low-income families. Okay. Yeah, I still so, need that. Yeah, we all need that. So, uh, so just sit well, back I'll and relax, and we, we're going to bring him in, and then we're going to bring you into the conversation also, Okay.
3: Training. Can I
0: help you? Good morning. You're on the net. This is Brother Lewis. My, Brother, <laughs> hey, Brother Lewis. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on the show. <laughs> now, are, uh, now uh, are you able to uh, tell us about your business and what God is doing with you at this particular time? Uh,
3: yes. Yes. I'm really excited about coming on your program this, this morning, Brother Lewis. Uh, there's a lot of things going on right now. We uh, still working with the young people. We working with guys that get out of the prison, and uh, we train them in automotive, and uh, we help them find jobs. Uh, thank God for the state. You know, they, it's a state program. Uh, we've been doing this now for about 20 years, working with young men, young ladies uh, in this area, and what we do is train them, and the state supplies uh, the tools, the uh, the clothing, uh, shoes, uniforms, uh, the goggles, the books, and all that sort of thing, and helps us out with it. We uh, really try to work with the young men and young ladies at uh, a lot of other organizations or really people that don't have time to work with them, but uh, the ones that really need help, we try to work with them.
0: Oh, that is great. That is so, and, you know, that's a needed service also. Now, you were sharing something with me the other day prior to coming on the show, the other services that your uh, ministry and that your organization provides, and I was very intrigued about those. Would you please to share some of that with us?
3: Yeah, you know, there's other things that we do. You know, we uh, a lot of people have have a hard time trying to get a car, so we use a lot of the young men and young ladies that get in our program. What we do, we'll go out and uh, find a car, and you know, try to get means or ways of trying to buy them or uh, to get these cars. Then we fix them up and sell them, and sell them at a price where people can't afford them. And uh, then not only do we do that, we a lot of times we work it out on terms where they can uh, pay so much money a month or every. Every week or every two weeks, you know they can pay a certain amount of money, and we try to work it off of what they able to do. We don't try to, we don't tell them say, well, you, we got to have such and such and such and such, you know, and that way we can help a lot of people with a decent car, where they can get back and forth to work, get them off the bus line. That enables them to go to grocery stores and do a lot of other things that they like doing, you know, and and then they'll still have a nice car to get around in. Might not be a brand new car. But what we do is try to get it up and get it running and get it in uh, working condition and get it so, you know. And then on top of that, if anything breaks down on it, they can bring it back to us and we can work on it. Uh, we do it very cheaply. I mean, we really help people out in that area. And then, uh, brother, also uh, a lot of people call and they don't have a way to get to the grocery stores and stuff like that, and some of the elderly people. Uh, we try to get at least three or four people at a time and we'll take them to a Walmart somewhere and, and drop them off and sit there and wait on them and, uh, you know, give them 30, 40 minutes to go and get the groceries, come back out, and then we take them back home, you know. And uh, we do that for a small fee, but what we do is put that money right back into the ministry, helping uh, these young men, young ladies out, you know. And uh, a lot of the things that we do, going to the prisons, uh, we go down. We've got a prison ministry where we go in and... Uh, work with the guys that when they get out of prison, they really need help. And uh, society, to me, is just kind of, uh, in a way, just push them to the side. And uh, and then a lot of times it's just system where they go back in. They just they get out, and they don't have a way to uh, get a job. They don't have a place to stay. They don't have clothing. And, and another thing, this new organization that I'm working with called His Bridge Builders, uh, they got a real nice setup, too, and uh, we're in the back of their building. We're at 2075 West Commerce Street, 2075 West Commerce Street, right off of, uh, that's 30 and Hampton. Come down that big hill there, you can see, you know, at first light you come to, that's Commerce. Make a right in turn, we're on the left-hand side, come to the back of the building. But uh, we do everything we can to help in the community, try to work with the young people and, uh, uh, you know, grown-ups, whoever it may be, just try to help them out. You know, and this organization here even gives out clothing to the people that come in and uh, going to school here. They uh, they got real nice stuff, too. They give no, no junk. Uh, they really help them out. So and then they got other classes here that help out in a lot of areas. You know, machine shops, they make windows and all kinds of stuff. They got construction mm-hmm. going on. You know, they just try to, everybody's trying to help, you know.
0: Oh, that's but, great. Uh, you know, I yeah. met a young man that was asking you talking about helping, and he said he had just got out of prison. He was a young guy. He didn't get to finish high school. And I was right. telling him that uh, by show, a uh, uh, class and an opportunity to learn a skill that even though right. he can work for himself eventually, because as you learn, as you learn skill, you don't necessarily have to work for someone. And even if you do, uh, if the job, you know, uh, if during transition of the job, you know, play out or whatever it may be, you still can uh, hire yourself until something else comes along. Yeah,
3: and, and that's that why is, I share with our young men. True. So,
0: and I'd like to pass yeah, that true. number along to you after we, get, you know, uh, after this here. Uh, Show the um, but as a matter of fact, I'm gonna give him your number I told him it's up to him to make the uh initial contact because we want our young men yeah. to be uh, we want them to be committed to what they're doing, you know, because we can present things to them, but unless they apply it, don't do any good,
3: right? Absolutely right, because it, it really they're just wasting somebody's time if they don't really want to change, if they don't, and then sometimes, brother, they've been behind, I always say, behind A ball so so long. Uh, a lot of these guys, a lot of these young ladies, they don't even know what a change is. They don't. Some, that's the reason why we do life skills. We, they don't even know what it takes. They don't know. They really don't know too much about anything. And then you have to really work with them and get them to a, a mind change. And yeah, a lot of them are scared.
2: Changed.
0: They scared to the death yeah. for a change because they're so used to doing things one way. They say, "Man, you mean I got to get a? You know, I need a job. I need to pay bills. And a lot of them are not even accustomed to the little simple things that we take for granted.
3: Right, absolutely right, absolutely yeah. right. And we need people to take out, or take time out with them, and then also I like to say, why I'm on the airways, you know, if, if donations of cars, you know, like if you have an old car in your yard, and we can give you a write off on it or something like that, or something that you feel that could be restored or brought back, you know, we we look for a lot of that kind of stuff too because it it really helps us out in this uh, ministry working with these with these people, you know, the young people and uh the young ladies and and the different ones that come by sometimes man we end up uh people in between jobs uh they might be 40 50 60 years old they over here training for uh, you know just to learn how to just another skill you know
0: oh that's and, so uh, oh also, that's beautiful
3: and yeah so what we do i try to teach them also just like you said a while ago don't get in the state of mind where if don't if a person doesn't give you a job help you if you can't find a job, there's always a way to make a job.
0: Yes, there is. Too <laughs> many ways to make a
3: job without trying to beg up on a job. You know, I mean, job. When you say job, that means work. And yes. And there ain't too many people out there trying to beg up on no job. So w- what I'm saying, uh, teach them how to do things, and then they they'll find out that they can work their way in without going through all the. Uh, red tape and a lot of things that they go through trying to get a job. But exactly. one thing will lead to another. I'm not really trying to make everybody be a mechanic because some people come through here, and when they get out of school, next thing you know, uh, their attitude towards life has changed, and they go into a
2: lot of other areas.
3: Some of them are going to college and everything else. So uh, I just love to see those changes take place, you know.
0: And you're so right. I'm looking at one of your flyers here that I picked up from you the other day. It said life-changing ministry. And that's what ministry ought to be about, life-changing. You know, just like right. repentance. You know, ministry ought to be a change. You know, you if you started this way, uh, you know, where you are 10 years ago or 6 years ago, whatever, you still that same way. That's something wrong. There ought to be a right. change in Absolutely. careers or you know, mindset, and, and Mr. Ho, as long as I've been knowing you, I am very excited about what you do. Every time I talk to you, you're always sharing some things with me that makes a difference in people's lives, and I know that you're committed. But uh, uh, what makes you keep doing what you do? And I know that you've seen the the, the bad side of, of of trying to help people, but why do you keep doing this?
3: Well, um, brother, it's, it's really a deep, deep, knitted set thing in my life where I've been through some pretty rough stuff myself, you know, and I was brought up in a Christian family. My my dad was a gangster. My mom married a gangster and, and uh, thinking that she was going to kind of get away from the church because she thought it was too strenuous, you know, going to church all the time, being in the church, and, and, uh, and it brought a lot of hardship up on it. So I know what it's like to be, in a situation where you need help and you can't get any help. Uh, you know, growing up up here in Indiana where I came from, it, it was cold up here, brother. It wasn't it's not like it is down here. And walking uh, five and six miles to the high school and water being slopped up on you and you're up on the sidewalk and you got holes in your shoes and uh, I've been through a lot of stuff, you know, wake up in the morning those big old houses up there and the windows shaking and the snow blowing in on the bed you know, he had with steeply head under the cover and all that kind of stuff. and you know it's just I've seen some hard times. I know what it's like. And then when I see a person, and I'm telling you, it just hurts me because I know that it can be changed. I know that if the people work on it and work hard at it, uh, it, these, it the changes can be made. But as a whole, uh, as a people, we find ourselves fighting at each other more than we do anything trying to help each other so uh my my thing is that if you don't reach out who's going to do it if we don't yes. reach out for one another who's going who's going to take time out uh to help the young men and the young ladies and a lot of them no one's talking to them nobody's saying anything to them they don't know one th- they don't brother they just don't know and yeah. you know sit there and they play video all day uh A lot of the young people come, they don't know nothing about being cold. They don't know nothing about being hot. They don't know how to sit down at a table and eat. Uh, Some of them tell you they've never stepped in a bed in their lives. They lay on the floor,
1: uh, uh,
3: sit in chairs and all that kind of stuff. You know, they they never had that family togetherness where they'd sit down at a table and have a meal and and you pass the food around. They don't know a thing about that. They don't know. They don't know about prayer. They don't know these things. So somebody's got to teach them. And that's where I'm at. And I know that, you know, God has called me to do this. And if it wasn't for God called me to do it, brother, look here, I'd go get me a job. Cause I mean, yeah. if, if there's nothing easy about it. I'd go get a job. And I and, and I've been in business for myself uh, ever since I was a kid. I started working when I was 12 years old, brother.
2: Mm, I, I yeah. know what
3: it's like, you know, to get out there and have to make things work. But my mom taught me this: how to pick greens and how to sell the greens. How to Clean the greens and all that kind of stuff. Man, I learned how. I was twelve years old. I was cooking my own pancakes. I didn't from scratch. I didn't have no box, and you put them in the thing and shake them out in the box and stir them up. Put man, you had to get you some eggs. You had to bake a part. Look here, you had to make that stuff up. You had to do it. You know, if you wanted to live. So uh, I know what it's like to, uh, and and I'm very passionate about. I'm 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 committed, and this is my life. I got to do it because God called me to do it.
0: Yes, he did, and you know what? And, and I sense that now, Miss Holler, tell me now, how 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 long was your uh, automotive training class? Uh,
3: we, you'll be here for twelve weeks, and they'll say a lot of people say, "Well, what can a person learn in twelve weeks?" Well, I tell you what, it'll get you in the door. It'll get you in the door. I've had a lot of guys come through here, I got them work, got them jobs at dealerships, uh, different places where they were really. Uh, now the guys that come out of prison, it's hard to get them a job in a dealership. So I have to use other meet, uh other areas or other things to, to help them get jobs. But a person that's in school and is having a hard time, brother, listen, I can help them. If anybody wants help and they and they make up in their mind they want to change in their life, I can help them. That's what.
0: I Hey, do you have a number you can share with us? If someone that listen to this program and say, hey, I need to call. And we know that this is the weekend, but just so that they know that uh, you know they can be on the books and know that someone called.
3: Right, right. You want my telephone number? Or?
0: Yes, sir. Give us a number, a contact number. We hope that someone listened to the uh, has uh, listened to this program will share it with someone else because what we want to do change your right, life.
3: Right, right, right. Well, it's two one four nine twenty eight seven 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 seven, and it's an easy number to remember. Two one four. Yes. 928-7777. Call
0: me at any now, time. Now, now, tell me something. I, I meet you guys that ha- do not have a, uh, a high school diploma or seeking a GED. Do your organization or, pro- or ministry uh, help them get their GED, or uh, how do you go about it? Well, Say so guy yeah. will come and learn.
3: We, well, if he comes here and uh, we got ladies that will be sitting here, they'll tell them, and then they'll uh, get them in touch with people. There's a lot of people out there who want to help us in that area. And uh, there's they if they want it, they can get it. I'm telling you that right now. There's there's no there's no excuses. They can't come oh, in with an excuse.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is great. That is great. Hey, we have a call on the line here. do not you hold on here? Anybody want to ask you something about your automotive training class?
3: Okay. Go
0: ahead. Good morning, you on the net? Yes. Hey, how you doing? Yes, sir. We have Mister Hogs on the line here. Uh, he's a instructor over at uh automotive training class so you have any question re- uh,
2: regarding his uh well, training Well, I, uh, uh, I no. do you know do do you have any restruct- restriction restrictions in the vehicle that you fix uh no we we fix
3: vehicles for uh people and we really don't uh we specialize in Volvos but uh uh, we can fix anything you bring over here, brother. You know, we work on force, anything, civil aid, crisis, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we work on all of them. So if you, you know, we can help you in that area. We do it for a small fee. The money goes back into mm-hmm. the ministry. But uh, we can save you money on uh, getting those things done.
2: Well, I think I need your service, sir. I just bought me a car last week, and I've been spending a lot of money getting it fixed back up the car the way I want to drive it I feel like every week I find out something else I need to do to it. So, I've been going through these yeah. mechanics and April. Yeah. you April. Know, they've been giving a lot of large prices, man, stuff. So, special mufflers and well, stuff. Well, Jack
3: give me a call. Burn, stuff like that. Yeah, give me yeah. a call, and then we can see what we can do to help
2: you. Okay. All
0: right. All right. Uh, just
2: you, uh,
0: go right here, Mr. Daniel.
2: Uh, do you do you also offer or for, it's just for men or women? Do you offer no, uh, men, the training men, service for yeah. for young young guys?
3: You know? uh, no, this is for anybody that wants to come and get involved in it. You know, if it, they young men, young ladies, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some like I said, some of the people that come, they in between jobs, they might be forty, fifty years old. They just you know want to try something else. So.
2: Uh a Good. lot of, we
3: get a lot of, yeah, a lot of different people that come.
2: Yeah. Okay then well, I'll get in touch with you. And I'll show you for course I got two calls, man, ain't kinda of in bad shape. Anyway. Well,
0: All right, well thank you. Get uh, thank you Mr. Daniels. Just hold on here, and we'll uh uh about to come to an end with this interview uh mr Howard, uh, uh, thank you very much Dan uh, now now tell us now, are uh, you getting ready to make a trip down to the prison tomorrow
3: right right uh yeah, we're going down to the uh uh heart use unit and uh uh alfred use unit and uh and the holiday unit will probably be over here too sunday so. Uh, we go down there. We minister, and the same thing I'm telling the people today that we do the same thing in the prison. You know, it's uh, uh, basically what I try to do is let people know, and they can make it. They can make it if they try. If they want to make it, if they want to get out of the mess that they're in, uh, we can help them. And there's always you got to have somebody helping somebody. You can't do it yes yourself. You do. So, yeah. So we we do everything we can to help in the community. And and change, excuse me, change things around, and uh, you know the Lord's blessed us. So you know whatever we get, whatever helps we get, uh, we turn it around and help the people that uh, we working with.
0: Oh, that is that is a great thing. And you know, and that's what I uh, share with the young men that I encounter them in the jails and the prison. Don't get so caught up pursuing the things of God; you're not concerned about the people of God. Because God right. loves us just like he loved them. Even Jesus right. stopped. He said, I must go through some marriage. Wait a minute, don't you know you take care of God? He said, no, I got to go. And so we shouldn't be very mindful. If God has blessed us, let us be a blessing to someone else. And, right. and, I, I, right. and I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate what God is doing with you. And 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 that's a skill. that is a skill that is well needed. And a lot of men like to work with their hands. I right, deal with young right. men to deal with computers. And I realize that all of them come to the class, some of them don't care about computers, but just one. It might be one Bill Gates in there. It might be one entrepreneur. If I show them how to do something, and this guy could get Bill up on it, you know, and then one day he'll look back and say, uh, you know, ask them how he got started. He'll say, hey, God, someone took time out, and they showed me something. And that's why I get well, with see, a sense we, of your ministry. Yeah, well,
3: we have com- uh, computer classes too, brother. We help them over here. uh how to uh, rebuild computers and cars and and, uh, uh, go into the computer and and, uh, sell things and all that, man, we get into that really heavy. So uh, there's more uh, ways than one to get, you know, there's a lot of ways in the automotive field that, uh, uh, you know, a lot of areas that they need people in besides just working on a car, you know.
0: Yeah, so right there, he gets some mechanic. You know, we're talking about a mechanic. There ain't no nothing boasting. There's a lot of electronics involved in these cars now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a, a
3: lot of electronics, yeah.
0: You know, with the brains and things. And, 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 and you're teaching young men... Uh and you teaching men the general skills that last a lifetime. The things that you that they learn from you and your ministry, it'll take them further in life. And nothing else they can just right. fix on neighbor calls or a family calls and they say, Man, you're very gifted at this. Let me tell somebody about you.
3: That's right, that's absolutely right. You know, uh, uh a lot of a lot of the dealerships, you know, they looking for service riders, uh they are looking for people to mix paint. Uh, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, even going out and, uh, uh, you know, like when people have wrecks, they got to have people to go out there, man, they got to be able to do that stuff, you know, and they teach them how to do it, you know, how to figure everything up and how to uh, uh, give them a good estimate and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of areas that you can get into, paint, body, work, uh, air conditioning, heating, and uh, it just goes into too many different areas, you know, so. Uh, you know, there's there's more to it. They need foremans. They need good people. You know.
0: Yeah. Now, now Mr. Hall. Now, what's your hours over there? As, the, as someone decides to take up your class, and we know this for twelve weeks. For well, what hours are we talking about?
3: Uh, they usually here from eight to five. Eight to five. Uh, That's good. We make you know low uh, allowances for them. Like if something happens where they had to go get because the, uh, the the state gives them. The, bus passes and stuff like that, you know, to, uh, to make sure. Like if they got a car to stay to pay for the gas to even get over here. So uh, there, there's a lot of helps out there. You just got to know uh, where to go and, and where to go to get the help. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, and that's cool. Now, you're talking about the 12-week. Now, each week you got a different portion of the class, right? What do you do from, the like, the first to the third week, as I show is winding down? If uh, the first person, person first getting in, well, what is the first thing they're going to learn?
3: Well, First thing we do, uh, brother. The first, the very first thing that they'll get into is safety.
2: You know, okay. they're going to
3: get into the safety part of it where you teaching young people how to uh, where the fire is at. Take that for instance. You know, uh, how do you use a fire extinguisher? Um, how to jack a car up? Uh, how to you know work on a car without scratching the car up, safety. Anything's got anything to do with safety, we kinda of stay on there for a while, you know. And, okay, uh, that's good. And then you and then you're gonna have your life skills every day. You know, then after that we the meeting, the first week we just more or less kinda of, kinda of introduce you but then we take off with it 'cause I it uh we get in a, get into it really deep. Okay, uh,
0: that sounds great.
3: And and it's mm-hmm. not just you know, basics. We 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 based it on basics to get this thing started, you know, but uh uh we, we go into a lot of other stuff, man. We be taking transmissions apart, engines apart. Uh they you know, guys wanna know well a lot of people come in, they don't even know what a piston is. They don't know what the piston rings are, you know, they don't know what a rod bearing is, they don't know what's the crank, where's the cam at? Where's the block? Where's the head? You know, where's the transmission? You know, we have to go through all this process. And it really—it don't take them long to catch on to. If they really come in and they want to do something, but, brother, we can help them. I mean, change uh, a tar, how to uh, do a brake job, how to do the air conditioning, how to hook uh, a computer up to a car, and tell you everything that's wrong with it. You know, yeah, the diagnostic part enough. of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, that is so, great. You know, yeah, we do all that, brother. We we get into it pretty deep, you know.
0: Well, Mr. Ho, thank you very much. It's been a great interview. And, we're, uh, you know, this is our, uh, this is our update, because we had you on here about six months ago, and we would like to continue to use uh, uh, you to come in and to just keep us informed of what's going on. And who knows, maybe someone, uh, someone will hear this and say, hey, I'd like to be involved in this. Cause that's one thing about it. Sometimes we say things, and then we don't hear about it no more. Some guys say, hey, I right. heard you talking about something I ain't heard about it but one time. But well, we want to bring uh, ministry in from time to time. Just give us an update let us know that they still that uh, that you that the opportunity is still there. Because sometimes people feel like I'd have missed my opportunity. Because, yeah. you know, cause we have a guard of a second chance, this may be somebody's second chance going through your ministry. Right.
3: Well, you know, uh, there's a lot of areas that we need volunteers. Uh, a lot of times we find ourselves because, you know, people come in, Never been to school here, and if somebody calls us and say they need somebody uh on a particular job somewhere, and then we have to you know what I'll do is call or somebody I know that just got out of prison and they're doing good and one thing or another, I'll call them tell them hey go to so and so because they need somebody you know oh, that's great and in fact i have got a couple of people' jobs already over here, you know so uh it's just uh it's a matter of uh uh just really caring about people and uh being concerned. And uh, we can get some things done, bro. We can get some things
0: that's, done. You know what? That's what ministry is about. Caring one for another. It's great to share the gospel, but it, give a man something that he can hold on to, and then he'll really see the gospel living in his life. He saw this gospel's for real. You know, Jesus forget did a ministry. He was feed. You know, he had done a ministry. Then when he realized that people got hungry. He said, "Hey, what do you have? You know, let's let's give him something to eat." You know. And they you got a chance to see the gospel at work in their life. So we thank God for you and what you're doing and we would like right. you to keep up the good work.
3: Well, you know, I say this all the time. Uh there's a lot of time, a lot of times in society things happen and it to me it's like breaking a man's leg and then finally you figuring out well I broke you know, I'm I'm the cause of him uh, his leg being broke. And then a little later on, we want to know why he's limping. You know, uh, that, that's uh, what's like that. going on. You know, in this country, you know, a lot of times they, people they they. And I always say, if you want to follow, if you want to find out where the problem came from, just follow back, go back, and, and do a little. Follow the footprints all the way back to where he came from, and and then and bring it all the way up to where he's at now. It'll tell you everything, brother. It'll tell you everything. It'll tell you. Anything that you want to know, all you have to do is just get back, go all the way you, back, and then
0: come back up, and you'll know just so right. exactly what caused the problem, you know. You're so right. Well, And then
3: when you know what the problem is, you can solve
0: it. Yes, you can. And hey, that's so true, that's so true. And that's a great word to close out this interview. We want to thank you very much. we pray that you have a safe trip uh, as you go down to the, uh, to the prison tomorrow. We're looking forward to seeing you. Uh, next week And you know As we build our right. post Out at the Hutchinson Jail And it's a joy To see you And the ministry team I thank God For those group of men That go down there Each week To share the gospel With the, our brothers that's, that's incarcerated Yeah I love it brother I love it <laughs> uh, Well love God bless it. you yeah. And we look forward To talking to you later Have a good trip Okay And thank you once again For being a guest And sharing your All ministry right. With us Alright Thank great. you God bless All you Alright uh, right. Great what a, what a great interview we had here with Mr. Hogg at Hogg's Hull, at Automotive, and as he was sharing with us the uh, value it is to having a skill. And that's what I talk about all the time. You know, we teach young men's computer skills, and we realize that everybody ain't going to learn computer. Everybody don't want to know about computers. But just the one in that's willing to uh, uh, to apply what he had learned. It could make a difference. Someone took time out with me, and I bet I someone took time out with you, and as Mr. Hogue shared his life experience, someone took time out with him. Guess what? And it works. It works if you work it. We want to thank you once again. We want to thank you once again. It do work. Uh, this concludes uh, uh, this broadcast of uh, Free on the Inside Out weekly podcast. We pray that you enjoyed our archive. Uh, Interview that with Miss Scott and Mr. How. Miss Scott is a. Very gifted writer She was sharing with us Some of her writing And Mr. Scott uh, And Mr. Hawke was House automotive Uh, We're getting ready To uh, close out This portion of our program We pray that you enjoy it Looking forward to being With you next week This is the archive Section of our program But this is the day That the Lord had made Let us rejoice And I want to thank The callers and listeners For calling in and, And just listening And supporting this program It's because of you It's because of you That lives are being changed So amen God bless you and uh, pray for the ministry, pray for the men and women which we encounter, encounter and we'll be praying for you and your ministry. Gracious and heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Dear Lord, we thank you for what we were able to uh, listen to this morning. We thank you, dear Lord, for the gifted men and women that came on the show. They're gifting with you, dear Lord. We pray that something was said through this broadcast that encouraged someone else to be about their father, business. You carry someone else to get off of their bed of affliction. Carry someone else that they do have gifting that that is valuable and necessary for this here world. Dear Lord, dear Lord, as we go out, dear Lord, we ask you to be with us as we have a safe uh, passage through this through this day, dear Lord. And tomorrow, as we uh, approach Sunday, dear Lord, let us go to church and be able to lift up the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. you will listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside.
2: God bless you, enjoy your day